baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Laura, we're all waiting for the announcement as to whether or not yes. Joe Maurer gets in the Hall of Fame. Yes, we are. There's a live broadcast on MLB Network. Joe knows if he's in. He's gotten the call. So they 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 promise. Dan, you look skeptical. No, no, I just mean he's either gotten the call and knows he's in or he hasn't got the call. That's and right. Know that he knows that he's not the in. The phone call. Right. The phone yes. call. So they make a call before the broadcast. Okay. Uh, and the Star Tribune was reporting back in the day, like Burt Blylevin was given like a two-hour window. Okay. And so you'd know if the call would come or not. Gotcha. And here they know there's this broadcast at 5 o'clock. Right. And the call is supposed to come shortly before the broadcast. <sighs> it's so nerve-wracking. It, I'm glad he knows. I'm sure his family, his friends know. Right. But for the rest of us, you really don't know. There's been this tracker that sort of has the voters who have made their votes public. And for Joe not to get in, it would be a tremendous percentage of the non-public votes. So the guy that runs that tracker is is Ryan Thibodeau. And he just recently, like within the last five minutes, put out his final, this is what we know going into the broadcast. 206 public ballots or ballots have been made public. That's about 57% of the available ballots. And Maurer's been on 83.5% of those ballots that have been made public. So if he's anything even close to like two-thirds of the remaining ballots, he'll sail in. So, Dan, how does this actually work? Like, what is this first ballot business and, and what is the significance again? So when you when you retire, uh, there's a five-year window and then you become eligible for the Hall of Fame ballot. Okay. So it's been five years since the end of, of Joe's career. And then members with a certain standing within the Baseball Writers Association of America get a ballot, and they can vote for up to 10 players off of that ballot. There aren't any structured objective criteria. It isn't like if you, you, know, you have to hit these numbers and you're in, and if you don't hit these numbers and you're out. It's a very subjective pro- pro- process. What we've learned is that as analytics have grown, as people have learned more about how to evaluate a player's career objectively or as objectively as possible uh, – Players that initially were on the ballot and didn't get enough, you have to get 75% of the votes of the available ballots have to have you on it in order to get in. Mm -hmm. Players who didn't reach that threshold but were somewhere close, as years went by and new people were voting or different people were reevaluating their votes, you'd see players get in on subsequent ballots. I think Blylevin got in on his second to last. You only get like 10 years. 10 years, yeah. Okay. And so it was his ninth year that Burt was – finally voted in. So there, it's like tries. Ballots are attempts. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. Essentially. And and so... Per year, you get one a year. It's one ballot. Yeah. It, it, it means something for a player. I mean, if a player gets in on the first ballot, they're sort of, you are universally seen as a Hall of Famer. That's, I mean, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Only two catchers have ever been elected to the Hall of Fame on ballot number one. Wow. Right. Okay. So it's very rare, yes. especially in that position, which maybe yeah. doesn't get the... Holy moly, this guy's a Hall of Famer. I will say the first 10 minutes of this broadcast uh, 
has almost exclusively focused on Joe Mauer. Okay. Well, so, but I, these sign. guys don't know, supposedly. The studio hosts don't know, but that's sort of what they're he's, at. I mean, so. he's a really interesting case, and it's why, you know, two months ago when we started talking about this, my opinion at that time was I didn't think he was going to get in on the first ballot. Yeah. Okay. Because he has this stretch in his career where he was truly dominant as a catcher. He also has this stretch of his career at the end where he was a very average first baseman. Okay, yeah. And so how much of what are what you, do you taking do into that? account right. in order to see is this yes. guy worthy of the Hall of Fame? And I think locally we were so immersed in that and so kind of bummed by what happened towards the end of his career that a lot of us weren't really sure. Yeah. Whereas it seems like nationally when you're looking at these numbers – People are like, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. It's not even a question. It's a given. How much do they take into account a player's character and likability mm. and just being a good guy? Like, I mean, he's he's the good guy here. Right. He's perfect. Yeah. That's really up to the individual voter. Okay. I mean, again, the, at the end of the day, there really aren't criteria for again. That was the whole problem with like the steroid era, right? Yeah. The 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 Hall of Fame or, and the Writers Association, neither of them would give guidance to voters to say you should count steroid guys or you shouldn't count steroid guys. Okay. So it yeah. became up to yeah. each of the individual voters, well, am I going to count that or not? And that created a lot of controversy, you know, understandably so. I would say being a good guy does not help you. Being a bad guy potentially could hurt, hurt you. you. And it, yeah. and it depends. And maybe if it's a marginal case, but certainly in a first ballot, like, and we'll see, Dan, you know, maybe sports writers also, you have a, a younger generation of sports yeah. writers. Whereas the older generation of sports writers who would be more likely, you know, they get 10 votes. So up to 10. You could vote for one. You could vote for none. Okay. There have been years where no one was elected right. to the Hall of Fame. Right. Because you need 75% of the votes. So I think an older generation of sports writers might just skip it and now uh, or, or vote for two or vote for four. And it seems like of the votes that have been made public, there are more votes that people are using yeah. eight, nine, ten other votes. That's true. Uh, you know, and it's you hear legendary stories, too. I mean, obviously, these voters are human, right? If you're going into a clubhouse as a baseball writer and a guy is helpful, yeah. gives you lots of quotes, yes. talks to you regularly. I mean, you know, you sort of start to pull. You know, sure. Doesn't so, hurt. Because yeah. people are just human like that. That shouldn't be determinative about whether you're a Hall of Famer or not. Was Maurer like that? Was he helpful and well, approachable and Joe, all of that? Joe would talk, but Joe would come out well after he had done therapy and all of this stuff that he needed to do for his body. And then Joe was sort of famous for not saying a whole lot. I mean, saying some stuff, but not really saying anything that was super interesting or controversial <laughs> because that was just the image that he was trying to promote. And he has every right to do that. So I think there was sort he of... He wasn't loved by the sports I, I don't know that he was. Because he, he never gave you... He wasn't hated, but he never gave you a headline quote. Yeah. He never... That just... He wasn't an attention seeker. I right. think people admired that. I don't know if that's fair, Dan. Pretty low key. But pretty low key. Yeah. Today is a big day for votes, and we'll, this announcement should be co- coming soon. So we'll, we'll just keep it here until, yeah. until it happens. But it is a big day for votes, right? In uh, New Hampshire today, we're we're going to get our first look as to whether Dean Phillips makes any headway right. as someone who spent a lot of money, and then see if Nikki Haley, um, you know, is she able to make a case that this thing is worth continuing? Right. So it should be interesting to see kind of how that shakes out today. Definitely. Yeah. Dean Phillips, it's been interesting because he sort of announced that he was running on Chad's show. Yes. So we've been watching this uh, from the beginning. 
Yep, and he has said that he's even past today. He's in it. He's in it at least till like midsummer or something. I think he said. Yeah, and he's putting his money behind it, right? So he can Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is claiming that she's going to continue. But as we talked about yesterday, if the money dries up, it doesn't really matter. Right. And donors like to be with the winner. Yep. So if it looks like you're cooked, they're out, which is sort of annoying because then we don't even get to vote. It's just people have decided this is how it's going to be. Yeah. So frustrating. One other vote that's going on today is the list of MnDOT snowplow. (laughs) Yes. They went 8,000 submissions. Yep. Including Chasen DeSlusha. Oh, are you in the finals? No. Oh, you're not in the finals. Absolute outrage. Will I be filing a public (laughs) records request to find out how how many nominations I had? You better believe it. Taylor Drift beat you out. Taylor Drift is a decent. I like Taylor Drift. Some of these are good. I have to say, I think the nominees have gotten better. Mm-hmm. Sweet Child O'Brien. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, Shiver Me Blizzards. That's pretty good. Jason, it's, it's now official. Uh, Joseph Patrick Maurer becomes the fourth person from St. Paul, Minnesota to be elected to baseball's national. All right. Yay. Oh, that's wonderful news. That's great. That is awesome. Thank you, Dan. Wow. Joe Maurer, the St. Paul kid who was an out, he was maybe the best football, high school football player in the state. Yep. Maybe the best high school basketball player in the state of high best. your sport. Yep. Uh, Adrian Beltre, also in the class of 2024. Looked like Beltre was almost a. He was nearly unanimous. We knew of at least two ballots that he wasn't on, but they haven't announced the percentages yet. When they get done announcing the full roster, then we'll get the uh, we'll get the percentages, so we'll know where Bo- Joe was. But but he's in. He's officially in. That is outstanding. Now, where mm. did I see that the the date of the actual ceremony is July twenty first in Cooperstown? Right. Yeah, this is great. Very exciting. 1,858 games, 2,123 hits, three batting titles. He joins Johnny Bench and Ivan Rodriguez as the only first ballot catchers in the history of baseball. It's pretty cool. It's really cool. So, Dan, are they defining him then as a catcher for this for these purposes, or does it just not really matter? They talk about it like, were you predominantly a catcher? I see. Right. So, yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, that would be I don't know if they really get too specific about doesn't matter about the, the position. Yeah. The writing I've seen about it sort of describes it that way. Yeah. People who spent the the bulk of their career or the. Yeah. And it was it was the statistics that he put up during his time as a catcher that's going to put him. Got in it. Fame, so. Yep. Anybody else, Dan, get in? Or? Uh, Todd Helton of the Colorado Rockies uh, is in as well. Four St. St. Paul natives. Uh, and coming up in about 10 minutes, we're going to talk to Dan Hayes from The Athletic. He covers the Twins. Uh, love to have, like, your memories. I think a lot of us who grew up here, you've got Joe Maurer games that were special. I will never forget his final game of mm. his career mm-hmm. where one last time he put that put that gear on again. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty cool. 
first ballot Hall of Famer, Joe Maurer. Um, how fun to think of the moments uh, at Target Field where we watched Joe. Hometown, the hometown hero. Um, one team throughout his career, too, which I think yep. is pretty special. That's pretty cool. And it's just those three, by the way. Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer, all three will be or have been inducted or will be have been elected and will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Your Joe Maurer memories, your Joe Maurer stories. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so looking at the totals now, Adrian Beltre was on 95% of the ballots. Todd Helton was on 78%. Joe Maurer at 76.1%. Ooh, he just made it. So that's by like a couple of votes that he got in. Uh, Billy Wagner just missed at 73.8%. Uh, Gary Sheffield, uh, 63.9%. This was his 10th and final opportunity. So That is, uh, y- you know, you wondered about that, how close it was going to be. It's a lot closer than I think some of us thought it was going to be. Uh, one other Minnesota Twins note, too, by the way. Uh, this was Tory Hunter's first appearance on the uh, Hall of Fame ballot. Tory got 7.3% of the votes. Right. You need 5% to stay on the ballot. And For so next time. He will be eligible again next year. Good. So. Oh, well, I do know that Creighton Durham Hall High School, near my home, will definitely have to redo some signage and some plaques that they have for Mr. Yes. Maurer in the school. Do they have any where, room for any more? Oh, probably I mean, he's not. He's got a bunch there. The field house is named for him. There's He's yes. all over that place. So that'll be fun to see how they have to modify things. Isn't there a, a burger at the Nook oh, across yes. the street oh, named yes. after Joe? Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, keep those memories coming. If you want to call in with those, we welcome it. We will talk. Uh, uh, I'm seeing that Joe is going to have a news conference on uh, Zoom uh, later on today. Great. So we'll hear from Joe Maurer himself, uh, but very, very close. I mean, 75%. You said, so he way overwhelmingly was on the ballots, but those undisclosed ballots at the end, as you know, you sort of fear when you have this secret ballot that people have the right and the ability to reveal their vote, that you can get a false sense of security. Sure. That, that like, you're in. So just looking again, it, we're, we're just getting us this uh, data. Uh, so you needed 285 ballots to get in. Uh, Joe got 293. So that's Good. do the math real quickly. That's eight. eight so he had an eight vote clearance. Uh, poor Billy Wagner had 284. Oh. So talk about missing. Crushing. Missing it by a vote. Uh, wow. That, that's got to. That's got to stay. I'm sorry. You need 289. He missed it by. Uh, he missed it by five votes. You needed 280. So Joe, Joe, you needed 289. So Joe got in by four, and Billy missed it by five. Wow. It's hard to get 75. percent Really, really is. It shows you how close that can be. Wow. Very cool. All right. Thanks, Dan. We'll take a break. Six five one four six one nine two two six. We've got uh, Dan Hayes from the Athletic, our Twins expert. And he'll join us just after 5.30 as we celebrate St. Paul's own Joe Maurer, first ballot baseball Hall of Famer. The last hit of Joe Maurer's career from St. Paul to the Hall, number seven, Joe Maurer goes down in baseball history at age 40, the first 
player born in the 1980s, a player that, you know, so many of us, his high school career, his professional career, it echoes our own sort of, you know, baseball fandom of people of in, in their 40s, low 50s. Joe Maurer was the guy. Um, controversial locally. Sure, when you have a guy who is a number one draft pick, who absolutely blew away everyone's expectations when it came to offense and uh, at least base hitting, right? The rip was Joe didn't hit enough home runs. Catchers at one point in time were known as power hitters where they didn't get a lot of hits, but when they did, it was home run time. Joe Maurer had one of the most beautiful swings that you'd see in the certainly in the last 20, 30 years in baseball. Um, it's pretty amazing, I think, when you look at his his path to stay with one team. Yep. To basically, he started in the Metrodome years, didn't he? Yes. And his new contract was the first year of opening of Target Field. Of Target Field. And that was sort of the debate that we knew Joe was going to make a lot of money. He deserved a lot of money. But Minnesota, the poll ads and their reputation at the time, you say, are they going to pony up for Joe? They, I think, did they really have a choice? How do you build, open this new stadium and say we sent the hometown guy away? Packing, yeah, that, I mean, no way. I just don't know. The him. average fan, yes, the baseball lunatics, maybe, right. the stats guys, but the average fan would have absolutely lost their mind. There's no question about that. You know, we got a text uh, talking about you know that their memory of Joe is not winning a pennant. And that was always the criticism of people mm-hmm. that think that he didn't deserve to get into the Hall of Fame. Again, Joe Maurer in the Hall of Fame, 76.1% of the vote. Uh, he'll be inducted on July 21st. Uh, the people around town that didn't think that he deserved to get in would often cite this argument. The problem with that argument is Joe can't pitch. <laughs> you know, I mean, he can't. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, to try and put on one guy and say, if you're a Hall of Famer, that means your team should have won, uh, should have won yeah. a playoff game, should have won a World Series, should have won a pennant. Uh, and and the teams that Joe were on didn't. But when you go back and you look at the composition of those rosters, to put that on Joe and say, well, no, that should limit you from being in the Hall of Fame, to me is just yeah, a nonsensical argument from the start. Plenty of Hall of Famers did not win right. a pennant. Right. What you want to, you do what you can, and this is the difficulty, especially in the game of baseball where there's eight other guys on the field, to try and isolate a, a single player's performance and make that relative to other players' performances is really difficult. It's a, yeah. it's a difficult thing to do. Um, but as we, as analytics, develop and mature, we get better and better at being able to isolate what a guy was able to do. And when you compare Joe's numbers against other catchers who are either already in the Hall of Fame or who didn't make the Hall of Fame, he just, he blows them all out of the water. It's not close. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And that's what gets you in as a first yes. ballot Hall of Famer. And First ballot is is significant. By five votes, is. by 50 votes. I mean, unless matter. you're, you know, unanimous guy, you know, Mariano Rivera, whether you in by five votes or in by fifty votes, it doesn't matter. You're a no. Hall of Famer, right? You you get well. The it's, getting seventy five percent is difficult. The total number oh, yeah. of votes available is well over three hundred. You needed what they say two hundred eighty nine to get in. So right. that's seventy five percent. So it's three hundred and whatever. Thirteenth Hall of Famer ever to play for the Twins. Fourth St. Paul native. 
Paul Molitor, Jack Morris, Dave Winfield, and Joe Maurer all grew up within a two-mile radius in St. Paul. It's amazing. We are going to talk uh, to Dan Hayes from The Athletic about the breaking news. Joe Maurer is in. Hall of Famer. Our coverage continues here on CCN. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Joe Maurer is going to have to change his autograph on Saturday at Twins Fest. He is signing from 915 to 1045. Just 60 bucks. They could probably raise the price on that now. The highest priced autograph is Paul Molitor and Ron Gardenhire at 70. I think Joe should be 80, don't you think? Joe Maurer, HOF, 24 is what it's going to say. Get some insight. Uh, let's go to our baseball expert. Dan Hayes covers the Twins for The Athletic. He joins us often here on Drive Time. And Dan, uh, sort of amazing to say it. I think at the beginning of this process, a lot of us, and maybe we're too close to it here in the Twin Cities, wouldn't have guessed that Joe Maurer would be a Hall of Famer on the first ballot. Yeah, I, it, it is a little surprising. I mean, look, Joe Maurer's Hall of Fame credentials in my mind are, are impeccable. It, it, it's there. I voted for him myself. Um, you get a vote, and, and you, it, you, you made your vote public uh, a while ago. You did. It, it was yeah. a, a no-doubter for you, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, look, what he did as a catcher, uh, obviously it wasn't for a long time because of the injury, but he did stuff that no other catcher ever has done with three batting titles. He won an MVP and that MVP season was insanely good. Um, he ended up with 2,100 hits and, and he was an outstanding catcher. And, and I know he has his detractors uh, in the uh, twin cities region or not in twins territory, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. you know, I think when you get outside of it, look, everybody got to see Joe Maurer up close for a long time. He was the face of the franchise. Sometimes that just happens. Sometimes people, um, they, they see the organization not winning for all that time and they blame it on the face of the franchise when, you know, he had nothing to do with the pitching staff surrounding him, that kind of stuff. Sure. But when you look outside, Joe Maurer, um, it, it was very obvious to me that he was going to get in at some point. I'm just still a little surprised it's first ballot because it is a borderline case. It took sort of an extra lens to look at for him to be in because he didn't do it forever. But I think talking to a lot of voters over the years, I got the sense they were eventually going to get him in. I just didn't know if it would happen on the first ballot. What do you think, Dan, that lens was? Was it just focusing in on those years as a catcher? And if he had retired instead of been injured, you would have looked at those catching years and said, come on, man, like no catcher's ever done this before. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think that's a big part of it. Look, um, it's a loftier uh, comparison because Sandy Koufax was a postseason champion and right. had some success. Yeah. Um, but Sandy Koufax was nine, or maybe it was 10 years, um, 1957 to 1966. He got in the Hall of Fame because what he did was so special that it was 
too hard to overlook. And we're talking about a catching position that has always been known for the the pitch framers, the guys that, you know, block the plate and block the ball. And it's a defensive-minded position. It has been throughout the entirety of baseball. There, Joe Mauer's, uh, there were there were only 16 catchers, or I'm sorry, 19 catchers in ahead of Joe Maurer um, in the history of baseball. That's a pretty small number. It's a position that we've always had trouble um, kind of determining who gets in. But Joe Maurer did some things that just no catcher has really done before. And, yeah, there wasn't a ton of power with the average, but the on-base and all the numbers are just, I mean, 306 lifetime average is incredible. And and you're talking about a guy when, when he compares catching numbers, and, and there's the great part about analytics is – that you can compare players across eras now where, you know, when, back when hitting 240 was the norm, um, you can compare it to an era where offense was going crazy because they look for league averages at the time. Well, based off of 120 plus years of historical average, Joe Maurer is like the seventh best catcher of all time statistically. And, you know, I, I think that maybe people take it for granted what he did because he was so probably overexposed at home. I mean, come on, yeah, let's be honest. Yeah. First pick, you know, I, I think that I well, think we've that been watching maybe... him since he was in high school here. So we just, it, it exactly. is the expectations were sky high. And, and frankly, with a little time, I think most uh, rational twins fans, uh, you look at what he did and what a gift it was that we got to watch it. Yeah. I honestly, look, I think that if we're going off of, how many Twins fans we're talking about there's detractors. It's probably 20%. Yeah. It's not like the the majority. It's right. it's a very vocal minority. Um, but I, I think, I've received the, you know, I, I've received the letters in the mail. <laughs> when you, when you're getting a letter, U S postal service telling me why you think Joe Maurer shouldn't be in the hall of fame. Maybe it's time to check, yeah, that's a, that's check yourself there. That's yeah. some commitment. And yes. maybe, maybe there should be a commitment or, <laughs> a commitment to a state facility uh, that goes with that. But yeah. I mean, look, this is something that I've, I'm fortunate to have been outside of the area. You know, I grew up in California. Right. I was in San Diego for the first part of Joe Maurer's career. And it was just electric watching from afar. And then I get to Chicago and cover the White Sox and saw about a year and a half of it up close before the injury, um, before the, the concussion. And he was just still amazing, um, yeah, you know. Yeah. And then you see him at first base, and you understand why, you know, that last five years isn't Hall of Fame level, but it's still pretty good for a guy that had converted positions. And uh, right. you know, I, I just all along I've felt like, man, this was a slam dunk. I never had a question in my mind. It's always been shocking to me to see the online feedback that I get when I ask about Joe yeah. Maurer Hall of Fame. And, you know, even as these numbers have stacked up and, and he was trending in the 82 to 83 percent range all along, um, it was, you know, people were just like, what are voters thinking? And it's like, <laughs> well, they see a really good baseball player, <laughs> you know. Dan Aids is with us. He covers the Twins for The Athletic. I mean, a 15-year career, six-time All-Star, three-time batting champ, three-time gold, clover, uh, gold glover, uh, more than 2,000 hits. Uh and I think, you know, as this discussion has been going on as to whether or not he belongs in, you've heard more about sort of his ability calling the game as a catcher yeah. and how significant that Absolutely. was. Talk about that a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's beloved back there. And it's – it's I lots of times last season I thought to myself, 
man, I wish Joe Maurer got to catch a pitching staff like what the Twins had in 2023. Hmm. Because while they had Johan and they, yeah. they get guys like Gliriano, they'd have some really good years. You know, Phil Hughes had a really good year. Actually, that was post Joe Maurer. That was Joe Maurer at first base. But I mean, like, you'd have guys here and there. But I mean, you can still think back to Joe Nathan pitching 53 pitches at Yankee Stadium and, and giving up the walk-off homer um, because they just didn't have enough relievers. And last year, the Twins had like six guys that could throw 100 in the playoffs, or maybe it was like 97 and above. But Joe Maurer never had that group, and man, he would have loved it. He he was a pitcher's best friend. I mean, he was very good back there. His framing, like that was a, a part that came along, catching framing came along after, but people look at how he did it, and he would have been viewed as an outstanding pitch framer too. Um, you know, he did it all at a position that demands you do it all. And it's a physically demanding position. And I know that there were injuries. I know there was time away from the field. Um, this is a position now where the Twins have routinely looked at it the last five years and six years and said, we want to go 50-50 on our catchers because they know that fresh catchers are better. And Joe Maurer was trying to do it more than that. Um, you know, 921 games a catcher. He played a lot. And, and again, what he did was so outstanding with the offensive side because this is a position – you know, when I was growing up, it was Mike Sosha and Terry Kennedy and Tony Pena, guys who hit like 230 with maybe eight home runs and 40 RBIs. And that was like, those were the best catchers. Uh, you know, Bo Diaz, all these guys that just really honed in on the defensive side. They didn't have a year where they hit 365 with 28 homers and 30 doubles. I mean, that, that that's just eye-popping. And I know that's the outlier year for him, but he was so amazing um, at what he did. And it really is something that you, you look at it and you, you think this is well-deserved that he's in. Um, and obviously the voters felt that way yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, Dan Hayes with us from The Athletic. Uh, Dan, you've been there uh, in Cooperstown, right, when you have that ceremony, that moment. And we, we had a couple of Twins flare, uh, players, former Twins, inducted. Was it last year? Or the year, it was two years two ago. Two years ago. Tony yeah. Oliva and Jim Cott, yeah. And how, how, I didn't get to attend that one, but I got to go to Frank Thomas's in 2014. How special is it? How big of a, uh, a moment? <sighs> what is this going to be like for Joe Maurer? Yeah, it, it, it's an incredible moment. Um, I also recommend it for you know fans to go because it's, you know, I mean, depending on the weather, it's right. pretty hot and it's a big, <laughs> big open field. Uh, but it's a really special event, and Cooperstown is a great um, town. Now, I mean, I recommend probably going to the the museum at a different time. That's just a madhouse, <laughs> yeah. you know, in, in July when there's 60,000, 70,000 people there. But um, it's such a great event. And, and what's really cool are the little parties they have off to the side. And, again, I didn't get to go for the, the Jim Cott, Tony Oliva, but, you know, talking to, uh, you know, they have these, these special parties for – Twins, uh, VIPs, that kind of stuff. And the, the party that year included Jack Morris, Paul Molitor, Rod Carew, Tony Oliva, Jim Cott. Um, I know I'm leaving somebody else off, but Justin Morneau and Joe Maurer were there. And Justin Morneau and Joe Maurer each won MVP awards. And by Hall of Fame standards, they were the sixth and seventh best players at that party. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're just like <laughs> at this incredible party where yeah. I, I, I give Justin some garbage about that all the time. I'm like, Hey, you know, maybe if you'd won two MVPs, right. but, but like it's it, like it's just such an incredible collection of baseball's elite talent. And you know, they do this little golf tournament where all the it's Hall of Famers only, and 
the Hall of Famers get to stay and their the Hall of Famers and their families stay at the the hotel there on the lake and it's just a beautiful little town and and a really cool event um and you know it's for a select few and Joe Maurer is now part of that club really cool special day really appreciate your insight today Joe Maurer uh I think I read he's the first player born in the 1980s to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So think about that. Hey, hey the other thing that's cool, hey, uh, St. Paul is now a baseball hotbed. Um, you know, you can't, let's not count the, the or let's not count the LA's, New York, Chicago's, because those are huge, sprawling cities. But uh, St. Paul with four players now in the Hall of Fame. Mobile, Alabama had five, I believe. There's, there's like four from Mobile proper, um, Willie McCovey and Billy Williams and a couple guys. But then there's a fifth player, there from like mm. a small town right on the Mobile area, but St. Paul having four with Winfield and Malder and uh, Jack Morris and Joe Maurer is uh, a, a apparently a Hall of Fame birthing ground. It's How about that? Incredible. How about that? Yeah, really cool. Uh, thank you so much. We appreciate it, Dan Hayes from the Athletic here on the day. Yeah. Joe Maurer gets the call to be in the Hall of Fame. Back in a minute here on CCO. It is warm out there, 33 in downtown St. Paul, the home of Hall of Famer Joe Maurer. That breaking news. We're going to have more coverage during the Lake Show. Henry Lake will have a live news conference with Joe Maurer at 645. So you want to keep it here on 830 to hear that. Just a great day. We were lucky to watch Joe Maurer's career from the very beginning. The nation, the sports writers said he was so good, he should be just the third catcher to be elected to the Hall on the first ballot. The fourth St. Paul kit. How about that? St. Paul Hall of Fame City. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.